This is the Internet Report's bi-weekly Pulse update, where we keep our finger on the pulse of how the Internet is holding up week over week, exploring the latest outage numbers, highlighting a few interesting outages, trends, traits, and general health of the Internet. Today, we're welcoming the new year by discussing how resilient application architectures, clouds, and networks are changing the old ways of thinking for taking a look through an outage that disrupted Spotify's music streaming. And to do that, this week, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Brian Tobia. G'day, Brian. Happy New Year to you. How have you been? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. It's uh, the sun shining and uh, the day's about to start. We're all ready to go. Awesome. So before we get started, in terms of housekeeping, we'd love for you to hit like and subscribe so you too can keep your finger on the pulse of the internet each week. And if you have any questions or ideas for the show, please reach out to us at any time at internetreport at thousandice.com and we'll be happy to potentially address your questions in future episodes. So let's dive in, and before we get started on the actual outages, I want to actually take a look at the numbers for this week. All right, Brian. So I spend an awful lot of time looking at these numbers week over week, and yet it still amazes me how seasonally they actually are. But as we sort of see, as I said, coming out of the Thanksgiving weekend, where we had this, this uh, uh, or Thanksgiving holiday week, where we had this drop in numbers there, we started to come up, this almost this ramp up into, um, into the, the, the holiday period from there. So we sort of reached this peak around uh, early December, and then we sort of came down really nicely into that, 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 that period. And I say nicely in terms of the outage numbers dropped. And when we're actually looking at these outage numbers, what we actually started to see, and we, we you know, sort of, there's fairly big percentage drop. What does it actually sort of say to you? What does it speak to you when you actually look at this? Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, one thing is I think we've seen a lot, you know, folks trying to take some downtime during the holidays, not do as many change windows. Um, but based on the numbers and what you're seeing, I think we're still seeing the changes happening, as you said, after hours. So maybe not during the day that people are taking time off, but we're still seeing these changes happening. And then also, you know, outages occurring because of that. I think that's a continual cycle now, especially uh, with the way we've changed development practices. I think we still see a lot of those as the co-changes get pushed out. Uh, you know, I think it really follows a lot that yeah that, that's, that's actually really interesting yeah and I, I i like that the the thing and we'll go into that i want to hold that thought and pin a bit there because i want to go sort of dive back into in, into a minute there but one of the other interesting things is that if, if we look at that that week between the uh december 19th 25th into um the the, the, week, the week before that we had a drop in numbers so where we're actually looking at main period the north american numbers there so that's the the orange line the, the line at the bottom there uh, sort of uh, uh, jumped up. So this bucked the trend. So that kind of goes, you know, a, a little bit, or, or a question I want to sort of delve into is in why do we actually sort of have that that increase from there? If you think there wasn't anything sort of major, you know, we weren't all called back from, from the, the holidays. We weren't said hands on deck to actually sort of look and see there was a major outage there. So there was this major disruption happening, but we sort of saw the, this this jump occur as we sort of get into that period there. Yeah, and I think it's it's pretty interesting too, like you were saying, because I think even now there's more pressure to to keep up with these updates. So even though we would like to think that we, we have some time off during the holidays, I mean, I think there's still that pressure and especially now wanting to push those changes maybe when others aren't working. You know, IT teams are, are feeling that pressure of having to take advantage of the windows where, you know, now people are taking off, but now they have to kind of cram in what, what they normally do during change windows onto, uh, you know, everywhere they can uh, based off of, you know, when, when people aren't using the apps. Exactly, exactly. As I said, that's interesting. Uh, and we're going to sort of jump into the diverging fortunes of those tech teams this time of the year. You know, who has to work, who doesn't have to work, what they're doing there. So with that, we're going to go under the hood and take a little bit deeper look at these figures. 
So some teams have been under strict orders to do less by the way of code freezes, wanting to avoid interruptions going from there. And we talk about a code freeze, what we're actually talking about is this situation where um, the engineering team or the development team are told not to make any changes to an application because during this critical period, it may be in this time where we're having sort of a, a downtime or where we don't want people to, uh, or it could be a critical time where something happens. So down here in Australia, we have this situation, uh, we have a large horse race. <laughs> I don't think we have a public holiday for a horse race, but we have this, this uh, uh, horse race down here and there's a code freeze for a month before for the betting agencies around there because during this period of time, they're talking in the concept of billions of dollars going on uh, this race, they don't want this, um, they don't want to have any interruption during that time. So some sort of glitch can happen. And the theory behind it isn't that if it ain't broke, don't fix it, change from there. But if we don't make any enhancements, we can't introduce any issues into that system there. Obviously, if an issue does occur, then they'll be on board to actually make that fix. But the idea is actually just keep things running as they were. And this has become more and more critical because there's more and more moving parts to that, that scenario going on from there. We also have on the other side of that, that situation where we have engineering teams um, who use this period to make uh, changes to a system. This tends to be more internal customer phasing enterprise customers. I had this situation going back years and years and years and years ago um, where uh, I was uh, in Europe there. This period was the time we could actually make the changes. Now, the big difference in that was that when we were occurring in that period of time, uh, when I was looking at that, that situation there was that all that network was owned by us. So it was multiple governments who had sort of different uh, parts of the network to actually control, look after. Um, but but they were all we were dealing with was sort of T1s, E1s, FDDI, ATM. I'm really dating myself here, but these very old uh, uh, technologies. Oh, I don't like to use words legacy because otherwise that means I'm legacy as well. But these old technology around from there. But the, the point of those were that we owned and controlled those. We owned the infrastructure. We controlled the infrastructure. Yes, we leased circuits from the, the various uh, providers, but we had that control across those systems, which meant that uh, we could change there. The thing that's changed is not just that we're getting sort of more software focused, but we're also now relying on the internet. So there's these multiple different dependencies around from there. So if I, if I have a, a change to that, I could have a sort of a domino effect. So typically we start to see these changes sort of not occurring from there. But if I now go and look at the figures that we had, so what I've done here is I've actually taken from 2020, uh, 2021, 2022, and these are looking at October, November, and December coming through from there. We can see that beautiful distinctive pattern as we sort of drop away to that holiday period. But the big difference if I actually look at these is I, I get this, this changing situation where I have, um, Coming out from 2020 to 2021, I see a rise in the outage numbers. Same distinctive downward slope pattern, uh, but I see a jump in the numbers coming up, up from there to, to, to 2021. Now, what's different then as we go to 2022, which is what we want to talk about here, is I see the outage in terms of total outage numbers drop. But what's actually occurring there is then um, I'm, I'm still seeing that same pattern from there, but I'm seeing less outages. But then also if I start to look at those outages in terms of when they occurred, time of day, uh, uh, as well as the frequency that they're actually sort of a, a occurring at there, um, I can actually start to see that they happen more frequently. So I have less outages happening more frequently. And then if I look at the time of day, they're happening during the sort of the, the we'll call it the business week, although within this holiday period with the business week around from there. Now, what we're looking at really is that is that 
we're seeing, and you mentioned this when we we're talking about the numbers come from there, is that we're getting less, um, or it appears that we're starting to move this period where we're, we're less concerned about making a change um, during what would be a normal time. And it's because we're forced it, because it comes from, from there. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because you mentioned it's the reliance on other providers. So it's not so much now that I just control everything in my own four walls. Now it's that other people are relying on me or I'm relying on other providers so that there's not really that good window anymore where everybody's shut down because we all run on different timetables, other external dependencies happen. So yeah, it's really now there's no good time to do a change. So we just bulk them up like we're seeing here in your numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it, it's the, the other thing, and you just you just triggered something in my mind there as well. Is that when when we're looking, and, and we're seeing this over the year, or, or the years, <laughs> we're doing this a while. We we start to see is that if I'm looking at um, some providers where they have these interdependencies coming across them, there they'll make a change. Yes, the old butterfly flapping in its wings in one part of the world causes a tsunami in the other part. I'm seeing less of that starting to come. It's almost like we're getting to get more controlled in what we're doing it. So they're becoming more bullish, as it were, in being able to actually make these changes and not have an effect. You know, quite often down here in um, this part of the world, we rely on a lot of sort of North American ISPs. They have the SMA control in terms of the big transit or the tier one providers down from there. Because of the way their systems are architected, they'll make a change. It can have a flow on effect down here. That change being made out of hours um up in the northern hemisphere it's right slap bang in the middle of our hours business yeah. hours in the uh, the other ones there so it, it comes to that but yeah it, it's it's a really interesting interesting point but i said we're starting to get them shrinking down to come across from, from that period in terms of it's almost like they're able to control it a little bit more um and although it was really interesting we say the, the frequency one was the one that really interested me here and yeah. the occur we had less outages but occurring more often all right as fascinating as numbers are, fascinating to me anyway, and I could talk about them all day, and and I would do, but um, but but I realise we actually want to get on and start to really sort of see into one of these outages. The outage we want to talk about now, um, and to quote Don McLean from American Pie, something something touched me deep inside the day the music died. All right, so it wasn't actually that dramatic, uh, but. I couldn't find any song lyrics that actually talked about the day my streaming services became interrupted uh, around from there, or it just didn't rhyme. It wasn't actually where to do from there. But I actually do remember exactly where I was when this outage occurred. So it was January the 14th down here, January the 13th in Northern Hemisphere. Um, Spotify experienced an outage. I know where I was because I was actually, I wasn't studying status pages. I wasn't sitting in front of the terminal looking at what was going on from there, looking at a status page. I was actually out on the golf course. I was in my backswing and my watch started to tell me that internet insights were starting to see from these. And again, from a frequency perspective, I could actually see there was something wrong. Um, I actually then just sort of checked the streaming surface, much to the great annoyance of my playing partners. Um, <laughs> and I could see it was intermittent. And look, the reason I mention that is not just to indulge, but it's actually kind of important because the way the application was manifesting as an outage point of view is that I could actually get, um, I couldn't get to streaming. So if I, anything that was cached, I could actually listen to. Um, anything that wasn't cached, and it, it seemed to be some podcasts uh, that I could actually get through as well, which I hadn't actually cached, but some of them I could get through. Anything I tried to stream sort of down from there, it just couldn't get on. If I logged off Spotify, then also couldn't get back onto that system. So it was, it was, it was really quite interesting sort of going, going through from there. Um, so with that, I'll stop rambling on, um, and let's take a look and see what this looks like.
as you were saying, we're, we're looking here at a view of Internet Insight. So this is what pinged on your watch there. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're seeing a view of, of exactly that. So Internet Insights is great because it's going to tell us from a global vantage point uh, what we're seeing and you know where we're seeing traffic loss from or HTTP errors. So in this case, it was like the network was up, but we were seeing you know responses weren't coming through. Um, so this is a great quick overview. So it's going to show you on the right, we've got Spotify here. We have 13 affected servers um, across the different tests that we're seeing, and this came from everywhere. So uh, correlated to what you were seeing, some of the U.S. as well. I didn't happen to be listening to Spotify at the time, but I think I would have had some trouble at that point. Um, but so this is a great view to kind of understand, you know, where the traffic is coming from and what kind of outages we're actually seeing. Yeah, that, that's, this is interesting. So there's a couple of things I like to pick out from these is that, you know, one, and I got it from the frequency that was occurring there. You know, as I said, actually more watchers going mental. But also had this. Um, uh, we can see this is global, and we, you know, we start to infer this is an application issue because we're looking on servers. We can see what's happening from there. So, it, and the reason I'm saying that is if we're looking at network type thing, the one of the things I always say is, is if this was a network related issue from there, then it would we'd be looking potentially at as I'm talking about the provider side of things. I would actually see specific regions impacted but here i'm seeing you know, a global impact coming from there yeah absolutely and, and i think that's it's a great time to transition to kind of our, our next view and i think this this talks to exactly what what you're saying is it it's one thing to monitor from a network standpoint you know is it localized to an isp or a transit provider um, but another thing is being able to test kind of the full stack so just you know, not just testing the network, a simple ping test, but but going all the way up through page load and HTTP and the different phases we have, because then you're able to see, yeah, the network was available, but, you know, to your point, we actually have an outage on the application itself. So no matter where I was trying to come from, whether it was backend errors or, you know, four or threes, whatever the, the case is, we were now seeing errors across that, you know, across the spectrum. So I think that's a cool view to be able to see. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, another share link we have, and this is looking kind of at the start of the outage. So if we look on our, our time graph here, um, you can see kind of, you know, on the, the 14th here, kind of normal operation, and then you'll see the spike, and we're looking at page load time right now. So you can see this is kind of a, a baseline page load that we've had, um, you know, over the over the time period, and then around, uh, if we scroll over here, around uh, 1240 UTC is kind of when we saw, you know, started seeing those those spikes coming up. And you can see now from a, from the map below, what we're seeing from the different agent locations. So again, this was more on the, the global side. And then if I take a look at the table, which is gonna actually list out uh, some of the different agents we tested from. So an agent being in a specific geographic region or hanging off a, a certain ISP. And now you can really see those page load times starting to increase. And so that was you know, a situation where, again, you were trying to, to use the application and maybe you're receiving uh, you know, 503 errors back. It was one of them that we were seeing. Um, so I think this then really shows you how, where we're starting to get with the errors and, and where, where things kind of fell down. Yeah, so, just, so there's, a, there's again a couple of points in there is that the, so the two things you mentioned, so the 503s and the 403. So, that, so, that, there, so 503 is an um, unavailable service or service unavailable or unreachable um, uh, side of it. That's a server-side message. So I have reached the end and I've got a response coming back. So I can see at that point no network's been harmed in the making of this outage. <laughs> and then the other one is that the 401, an authorized message. Yeah. So they, they can you know, meet with as a couple of these. But that's a client side or uh, side of things. But again, I've had to have a response to say me the credentials you told me or what you're trying to do right. isn't there. It's also an unavailable when it actually comes down to it. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to look at from that perspective too. And and yeah, so I think and that's you know that's kind of when we started to see the problems happening. And then another, so then if I flip over to our other link here, and this is actually kind of in, in the middle of things. Uh, and what's cool in this view is so that the purple line along this timeline, this is when, uh, this is when Mike's watch went off, um, is, is when we have the, the app outage going on. So we actually identify in the UI, uh, we'll tell you, yeah, we saw you know, an app outage of Spotify and it helps you correlate. It's really easy. So you can say, you know, if you had some users calling up saying, I can't get Spotify or, or whatever application, uh, you can correlate that back with this. And then, you know, again, you can look at the different elements here. So. Uh, if I go to a table view again, we can see, um, you know, this had, a, again, a lot of those page load errors that, that we were seeing before. And we can even look through some of the different tests, too. So if we look at, like, ACTP, we can actually see those errors that we were talking about before. So, um, you know, again, and I'll click on table view here, but this is, here are those, you know, 500 errors we're even seeing now. So internal service errors. So, you know, as, as Mike said, clearly not the network in this case, right? Definitely on more on the application side. And I think this is, you know, really important to be able to, A, monitor your your providers right so if you're reliant on a another service like we saw uh, i think another interesting one we saw outages last year like on like something like on a google search or google maps where we actually rely on other pieces so maybe you as a website maybe you embed spotify or you use some sort of application that's hosted somewhere else and you want to understand what's happening well this is a great example right so i'm seeing application errors and maybe i can't get to that app and i want to know why well you know th this is a great way to kind of understand uh, and unpack where i'm actually seeing those errors coming from what errors i'm getting back yeah that's really that's really interesting and really important actually as i said you know we're always talking about dependencies and this is a real life example so in this case it was one application but to your point and you mentioned the one with the google search we've also had some in the past where it's been a payment system so that's yep. a third-party payment system making an API call. The application still doesn't work, although it, for all intents and purposes, it's functional. One other thing you know, I want to call back to here is that the status page during this time, so there's an API status page for, for Spotify, was actually showing a partial error, but giving me no information. From here, I have suddenly said, okay, yeah, all right, I now know what's going on. My service is unavailable. I can see what from there. So it, it sort of brings that information together to be able to see what's happening. Yeah, and I think it also highlights the point of kind of uh, independent <laughs> testing, right, outside yeah. of, like, status pages are great, like, we, we trust our providers and, and to give us information, but you need to, to do it yourself, too, right? You need to monitor things, um, you know, same as you would in the physical world, you know, when, when we had data centers and we had our own, our own applications, we would implement monitoring to make sure those are up and running. So that hasn't changed, right? We still need to monitor that it's still on us as well to to have those monitoring points in place. So to your point about, you know, the status page isn't the only source of truth i need to have an independent way of monitoring that and I, I think this this definitely underscores that absolutely absolutely well thanks brian i found that really interesting to be able to sort of dive down to there and exactly what we could see come from there was, was really quite fascinating so that's our show don't forget to hit subscribe and follow us on twitter as always if you have questions feedback good bad ugly general abuse or guests you'd like to see us featured on the show please just send us a note at internetreport at thousandice.com that's also where new subscribers can claim a free T-shirt. Just send us your address, T-shirt size, and we'll get that right over to you. So once again, thanks, Brian. It's actually been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to having you on again. Thanks, Mike.